welcome everyone for the third official episode of this silly little new venture I'm on, the Test Talks and Sometimes Listens podcast. Uh, this has been really, really fun for me, and my favorite part of it for sure has been the people that I've had on the show and gotten to speak with. Um, which kind of brings me right into today's guest, who is somebody that that I met of quite a few years ago now, and we stayed in contact, but kind of drifted apart as as friends do. And um, I just have been shown by the universe with this one that the people who are supposed to be in your life will come back to you. And, and that has been such a cool experience to sort of reconnect and, and rekindle a friendship with this amazing person that I admire and am about to introduce to you. So without further ado, uh, my guest today on the show is a former NFL cheerleader for the Denver Broncos. So she understands the professional dance world and I'm so excited to, uh, to speak dance with her today. Uh, nowadays, she is an ambassador for movement and an amazing dance teacher, as well as an advocate for mental health. Uh, she is a mother, a dancer, a friend, and a badass. I would love to welcome to the show my friend Liz Losoff. Liz, welcome and hello. Thank you so much for having me, Tess. Yay! And I just, oh my goodness, my heart was so warm when you said the universe, universe brought us back together because that is the truth. It did, right? <laughs> it really did. I feel like the universe brought us together the first time to say, you two will really complement each other's lives later <laughs> down the road. So it's, I'm so happy to be here. Oh, I'm so happy to have you. Thank you for being here. Um, I kind of, I, I, so we're both dancers. Yes, um, we, are. <laughs> we, we are both dancers. Sometimes I kind of forget that I'm a dancer lately because it's been mostly out of my life the past few years, but it's, it's still in there. Um, and, and I, I would love for you to just start by telling us you, you love to dance. Like it is, it, it, it is just everywhere for you. It is on your face when you're dancing like you love to dance tell us about that tell us why well <laughs> I was definitely a late bloomer dancer and I thank the universe God every single day for that because I feel like as a dancer I grew into it on my own versus somebody else saying hey you're going you look like a dancer you should be one and pushing myself to my limits. That's really, it's really I, important to, to choose it for yourself. Yes, exactly. So chose it for myself. And just like any relationship in this world, ebbed and flowed with my relationship with dance, pushed myself to my limits where I was an NFL cheerleader and really focused on my performance and then pulled back and really focused on how dance made me feel. But every step of the journey, I would say the one thing that like keeps me so in love with dance is the fact that it can change. There's no, there's no written rule that you have to be this way all the time. You can move into genres and expression and oh you know, different professions using dance so fluidly. Well, I, I, I shouldn't say super 
Sounds like it's dreamy and easy. That's not <laughs> it's not not dreamy and easy for sure. But I love I love that you just said that though. I mean, it's um it's it, people should think about it that way. And and um honestly, that's sort of something that that I struggle with is um is dance can be for fun <laughs> instead of like it for for me it was always and um. And, and I do feel that I, ch- I chose it for myself. I mean, I, I started dancing when I was two. Um, but, like, every year my parents would be like, you want to try soccer? Like, you want to try tennis? Like, you go do another thing. And I'd be like, no way, you know. So I, I chose to stay in it. Um, so I do feel like I, I made that choice for myself. But at the same time, like, I, I just was – I was nothing but, like, a strict ballerina from, like, age 5 to 18. <laughs> and, like – that is a lot it's, about it. It's a lot. And, <laughs> a lot and, yeah, and letting go of it and moving into, like, dancer and, like, enjoying dance in any other way than, like, this really strict, rigid, perfectionist sort of, like, thing I was holding on to has been kind of a struggle. So I just, I love hearing that what you love about dance is absolutely letting that go. <laughs> And that's a new development, I will say. That was not something that I knew about myself as a dancer, or even just the dance world in general, sure. until I started really, you know, letting myself go into these different little dance pockets that weren't just directly handed to me. You know, when you're 18 and you're on palms, I shouldn't say 18, that's right when I had Jenny, so let's, <laughs> you know, rewind the year, 17. Sure. And, um... You know, you're handed like, okay, this is what dancers look like. This is what dancers do. I knew that I loved dance, but it wasn't until I made that choice, exactly like you said, when you make the choice to really pursue it, it just changes everything. Uh I can see why dancers get burnt out. I can see why my friends that I grew up dancing with are just like, no, no, thank you. They they want nothing to do with it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um. And, and you teach now. You teach a lot now. I do. I do. So I really have been flowed with my schedule due to COVID. Sure. Um. I really wish I still had that full packed schedule. That's where I really felt like I was thriving and doing the most impact with teaching dance. But life changes. It is what it is. Yes. But right now I am teaching um, online classes. I'm teaching at a studio called Feel the Beat, which is geared towards um, individuals with unique abilities. So it's really specializes in uh, students who are deaf or hard of hearing. But I have a class that is geared towards um, kiddos who are, you know, all ability levels and really just, you know, having fun with dance. It's a tall class. That's my favorite right now. Love but then that. I also teach um, intermediate jazz, NFL style. Uh, that's a lot more technique-based choreography. Sure, so, sure. all over the board. Well, no, I think I think that's so great, though. And I think, um, like, you, you are a professional dancer, and you have been in the world of professional dance for years now, and you're quite talented and quite able to, you. <laughs> like, you, like, you are there. You're at that caliber, which, per, like, permits you to teach at that caliber, and yet... You have so many classes that are beginner based. What what do you like so much about beginners? Oh, I'm so happy you asked me that <laughs> question. Okay. So 
So what do I love about beginners and not just beginners, but also people who never considered themselves dancers before. Sure. Um, and I guess my, I like, ugh, I, I, I like my drug is seeing a student feel confident. And Aww. I think that really happens a lot more often in beginner classes, and it also classes geared towards individuals with unique abilities. Um, and when I say unique abilities, it's kind of a politically correct way to say including people with disabilities all across the spectrum. Okay. But um, the classes really just like when you have an experienced dance in a way that serves yourself instead of serves an audience. Oh so that my beginner, that could be anyone. Like gosh. Oh, you can just see like a light bulb switch. And that happens like all the time. Whereas when you're in intermediate and advanced classes, you have dancers that have been doing this for years that, you know, either they may be like, I know everything and uh. have a little bit of a tune, or they could really be there improving themselves hardcore wherever they're at in that journey. You definitely see a lot less of the light bulb. Oh, wow. My this gosh. is what's happening moment. I love what you just said so much when when you're dancing like to be in service of yourself instead of to be in service of an audience that that is it's it's like upsetting to me that that is such a radical idea (laughs) you know (laughs) oh my god oh but that that you explained that so well like of course of course like the beginners can do that because they're, and, and especially, I would even venture to say, especially adult beginners, because those yeah. are the people that are like truly doing this because like they want to do it. Like adult beginners are not like trying to be NFL cheerleaders. They're like, I love to dance and this is fun and like, let's play with this, you know? For sure oh my gosh that's the truth and I'll say even those like beginners that are coming into the NFL cheer world that you know I had the honor of once I was done um my second year of being Broncos cheerleader I retired and I helped out with the audition process that year oh it was really amazing to see the women now this sounds like a weird turn but it wasn't the women that made it and it wasn't the women that on the flip side, were like, didn't make it. It was mm. the women that I knew that had auditioned a few years, and you could see them changing their view about the process versus it being so like, I must make this team to, I made a lot of really good friends. Huh. And I had to perform on a really big stage in front of tons of people. I mean, got some cute pictures out of it too. Like, <laughs> yeah. You could see that like shift, and I was like, Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I I mean, oh, I can I can think back to every audition room I've ever been in and it's like a total blackout. Like it is it is a day of like nothing but like immense pressure and like self-judgment and then like just murdering myself to the extent of my physical ability and then like leaving the room and then like absolutely having no recollection of what happened inside. <laughs> that is that is my audition experience in a nutshell. Like to get to the point where you're enjoying yourself sounds way better. And I will say it's validating to also hear you say that because <laughs> I've had those experiences too. My first year auditioning for Broncos. Yeah. Black. Exactly. Like I have no idea. I was doing 
scary things before the first audition. Like, I was not treating my body well. It was all about how I looked. Yeah. showed up for that audition and was just so focused on, like, I must make this team. Everyone must think I'm perfect. Yep. Yep. That I, I know that that uh that mode that robot mode that we can snap <laughs> yeah. into it's um it's definitely there but but it's nice to know that it doesn't have to be that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And there, oh gosh, that's a hard one because there's balance to it too. I always say to um, my dancers whenever we're doing a performance, you know, before when we could gather into performances, and they would say, "I'm nervous." My go-to response was but the nerves are making you ready to perform yeah so this like balance of you know being on edge nervous and scared you know even like today when we were chatting about you know having a conversation being recorded that you know it's a new experience liz is nervous by the way everyone also (laughs) super enjoyable too so i haven't blacked out yet no, you haven't blacked out yet. Good. Me either. We're still we're still in this. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it is it is a balance, and um, and both can be helpful because like life is life is tough, and there are like some tough parts where you're like, you know what, like I gotta just like put on my big girl pants and like do this and whatever and like live under the pressure and move on and that's great and that and that's a good ability to have but when that ability starts impeding like the thing that you started doing because of the enjoyment of it like maybe maybe that's too far Mm -hmm. yeah I think you're you're defining like that dark gray area the like I would it's so funny how we say lie but I'm like it's like shifts into this like oh and you're gone off the blast Blackout mode. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah, it's it's real recognizing that you're doing it and, and pulling yourself back, maybe. But um but it's it's hard. It's hard not to judge yourself when everyone else in the room is there being paid to judge you. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like the the and and that's that's how it goes, because you know, you have 10 girls in front of you and you have to pick one for a part. That's, that's how it goes. That's what the industry is. But, um, but it's, it's a really hard thing to, to not be there in self judgment when like judgment is just so present in the energy of of the experience. Isn't that so accurate? (laughs) Especially like considering that you're in a group with all women and you're also there trying to develop these friendships. And mm-hmm. there's a good chance that you're going to be on this team with these women for the next year. Right. And you do want to have a good relationship with them. But they're also your competition. It's and true. You, and there's that little fighter that comes up within you and just wants to be the very, very best. Yeah. And starts picking apart other people's flaws. Yeah. I have dark moments that I remember in my head being like, oh, she has red hair. I have red hair. Ooh. And like, <laughs> it's true. Inner battles about red hair. Come Ooh, on. I know, like, <laughs> I know, but it's, you know what though? Like, uh, it's so hard to, to keep yourself from like being too hard, like too tough on other people or too tough on yourself. And at the same time, those instincts, 
this is like a hard truth, but those instincts are there for a reason. Like dancers and, and not just dancers, but artists are so expendable. And, and, you know, I mean, it, like there is such a thing as like diversity quotas, um, in audition processes for things like that. And it's like, yeah, we need to have like at least, you know, one or at least one redhead or we can have more, but like, if, if that is what, you know, helps you stand out and then you see direct competition that is in the same demographic, like that is, that's a tough thing to, to work through. Oh, I, and it's it sucks it's horrible to say but at the end of the day like artists are really expendable and and I I hate that that's one of the things that was just always really really hard on my heart um during my my short stint in the industry but it's uh it's prevalent it's that's a real thing and then also, like, you start to line up your own expendability, right? Oh, you yeah. You think, like, oh, gosh, like, you know, what's, what, do, what, what do I hold that makes me so much, you know, more needed by this team? Yeah. And then you, oh, that cycle is a hard cycle to break out of. I mean, and there's some necessity to it, too, which sounds really harsh, but there, it's, when you're in that, exactly like you said, that professional setting, yeah. and it is cutthroat, and you are competitive, and they have a diversity quota, you're thinking, what is it about me yeah. that makes me more, you know? Yeah, how, how, can, how can I feel, how, or how, how can I um, fill that need, and, and what can I accentuate about myself in order to make them think of me in that way? I mean... You know, we've all gotten spray tans before auditions. We've all, like, I mean, we... I I, I figured out we're permanently orange for a solid four years of my life. Well, hey, go Broncos. United in orange, right? Yes, united in orange. Orange sunsets, orange bumper stickers, orange nails, orange stomachs. Orange cheerleaders, orange spray tans. Oh, my God, I love it. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. And you know what, like it is, it, it is a little, it feels a little like contentious to even be talking about. Um, but, but we didn't make the system. We didn't make the rules. Like we're acknowledging the rules that, that we know exist and that should maybe be brought to light a little bit. Um, even though it feels, it feels a little taboo to say things like, Ooh, like, (laughs) I don't know, but it's, it's just, it's the way that it is. It's a very high, highly competitive um, market where you're an expendable artist and you have to do, it's it's cutthroat. It is cutthroat, but like, let's celebrate the fact that we can actually talk about it now. Oh, I would say like, the curve started to turn probably right around like my second, well, no, I would say my first year on Broncos when the lawsuits came out about uh, NFL cheerleader, cheerleader pay. Um, Ooh, I don't, I don't know about this. Ah, I actually, you know what, I wish I had a lot more knowledge about them so I could give them, you know, a lot more, I don't know, I don't want to, like, ever say, like, what I don't know. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. About them. But they came out of Oakland. I want to say Patriots cheerleader came out there, too. And we're, you know, discussing pay and the inequality and the things that we have had to go through that aren't being paid for but I will say 
the one thing that when that came up, that was my first year on Broncos. Okay. That was also my first experience on a professional team. Okay. And at the time, and I still believe this, I really do, Broncos treated us so well in comparison and relative to the whole NFL cheerleader world. We were given so many um, different, I would call call perks. And perks doesn't even cover it. Like it was... You know, we everything that we needed was covered. We Good. had all of our makeup done. We had all of our hair done. We had, you know, tanning covered, fitness covered. Oh, so good. So lucky that we weren't paying out of our own pocket for a lot of things we needed to be successful on the team. Right. But. but <laughs> and then let's take a step back and look at the whole NFL cheerleader um organization as like a whole and you're like whoa there are a lot of things that that could use a ridiculous amount of improvement so thank goodness we can actually talk about we can talk about it now well and and it's not just the nfl and and this might be a a little bit of an unpopular opinion as someone who has performed but artists play a role in that as well um, the, you know, artists work for free or for nothing because we're willing to work for free or for nothing. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I think that that is, that is, there is some truth to that. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll like, we'll take a gig because we'll be able to meet a new director and a good, like political connection through the gig, or we're performing in front of so-and-so, or we have this exposure, or we get to build our resume with the experience. And we take all of these other things in lieu of, you know, a paycheck. <laughs> and, yeah. and then because we do that so often, we kind of set this precedent that, you don't have to pay us because if this person's deba- demanding on being paid, well, you can just turn around and go to the 40 other people that are willing to do it to have another tick on their resume, you know? That, you really hit the nail on the head there. I mean, it's so prevalent, not even just the dance world, but just like the art world in general. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've seen new photographers yeah. that, you know, to build their client base, their, you their know, portfolio. Yeah, exactly. So they're like, they're hiring models for free yeah. or, you know, they'll, they'll be like, I'll take photos of anybody. And then on the flip side, that also lets models know that you don't have to be paid for your work. You're getting photos out of it. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's true. There's this like art industry. Yeah. That, reciprocal expectation that we are expendable. Yeah, and then and it builds and builds to these big things like NFL lawsuits. And while those have their place and they're valid and people should be, you know, paid more, compensated more, treated better, whatever, um, people's demands should be met. But, like, let's also just recognize that the collective industry plays a role like yes. all of the individual members of the industry play a role in getting us to those boiling over points. I mean, we're still all auditioning, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're like showing it's just, up for the prep. We're, we're going to the show. It's so it's so tough to to be so in love with something and to witness the toxicity of it. Yes, and I just. That is- that's dance <laughs> in a nutshell. Yeah. That's just what dance is. We our bodies and feel good about that. Oh, and uh, 
I will, the body positivity movement in the dance world is giving me all the tickles of joy <laughs> and this like focus on it's no longer about you know rewinding back to that wonderful way that you said that like the whole it's the purpose is not for the audience it's for yourself. Yes, that, I, th- I think that is an incredible way to look at it. Um, by the way, you said that, not me. <laughs> oh, you said it in a fancy way, though. You just another word in there. <laughs> um, I, think, I think it said to, to be, like, dance to be in service of, of yourself there instead of to be in service of an audience. <laughs> I love that's, that. That's the yoga teacher in me coming out, always talking about, like, what are we serving? How are we being of service? Where, where's our, ser- like... What, what is the spotlight that our service is casting? Because it can be inward or outward, but it's, it's important to be intentional about that. Actually, is it okay if I ask you a question about that? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course how you can ask you me feel, a question. How do you feel about how your yoga practice has shaped your approach to dance. Oh my gosh. Do you, do you have an hour? (laughs) I got as much time as you need. (laughs) Um, yeah. So one of the things that I realized right away, right away, um, with my yoga practice is that well, and actually maybe this isn't true anymore based on this conversation that we're having, but, but the way that I had interpreted it at first was that yoga is the opposite of dance. Period. Like that is how it worked in my mind. It's that dance is all about what you look like and yoga is all about what you feel like. And so I needed yoga to be able to continue dancing. Like I needed the inner work and the like self-confidence and self-development and the, and the being in service of my body, right? I needed that part in order to continue dancing which was only for me in my experience getting more and more toxic and more and more full of self-judgment and um and and that kind of thing so I I needed both they were like the yin yin yang effect um and now having this conversation with you you have found what I found in yoga within your dance and I think that's fantastic and I love knowing that that's even possible when you were saying um, in service of yourself there was a like it was like a vision of one of my good friends said this to me and I'll kind of circle it back to how it connects she said I was telling her like I can't balance it like my dance world I can't figure out this balance and she's like maybe switch the word from balance to harmony I was like uh-huh. oh right that and, is a good bit of wisdom and so this dance world, kind of like how you just put them on opposite terms, mm-hmm. yoga serves this, mm-hmm. dance serves this, and that like balances the scale. Maybe there's some sort of harmony that oh. comes together that's not just yoga or dance, but like other parts of our lives that, you know, that we can create harmony with those, you know, harsh parts of dance. We um, know that they're there, they're toxic, yeah. they are not going away anytime soon. No. Harmonizing it with these other parts that serve what we need as humans I to feel good in our lives. I love it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, switching the word balance to the word harmony. Because, yeah, I, I think, um, when I, I, know, I know I'm not the only, like, perfectionist personality out there in the world, but I, I do just have this, like, extreme need to, like, 
categorize and pigeonhole things. And it's like, oh, like, this is what it means to be a dancer. And this is what I must do in order to, like, achieve that. And, like, just this really, like, strict... I'm very strict with myself about those kind of things. And, and I think once I had decided that being a dancer equals working hard but not letting anyone know you're working hard and then starving yourself like there was just like nothing else that got to be involved with that and I think that's why I had to kind of run in the other direction for a while but um but harmony (laughs) instead of saying oh this is bad so I need to add something good to counteract that it's this is this is I'm treating this like this is bad and why and how can I bring some goodness back into it and like harmonize again? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> it's also I uh, gosh, harmony. Sorry, I get stuck on that word. It's and a still, beautiful like word. She said that to me. It's like just been fitting into like every small little bit of my life, and I make it sound like it's easy peasy. Heck no. Like we both know through <laughs> other conversations, those moments that you're just like, my life. I don't even know how to handle this. How am I gonna like choreograph this in time? But also go to this class and give that energy. It's a yes. lot of energy. Yeah. Oh, yes. Kind of like this harmony when you think of a choir is all these different notes matching in this beautiful sound. So right. it's have an insane day where you're ready to pull your hair out, but then using that same form of dance to be able to let go at night and have your own little dance party in your room and look like a damn fool, but Yes, it's so true. It doesn't have to be like, doesn't have to just be the poison, even though there's some poisonous elements around it. It can it can be the poison and the medicine at the same time. Oh, I love. I love that poison and medicine. (laughs) Poison, poison and medicine, which dances definitely goes back and forth. But um, you mentioned you mentioned body positivity a little a little minute ago. Can we hop back to that uh, yeah. just because I know we've had conversations like this before and, um, and, and you're a mom. I am. <laughs> and you were a Denver Broncos cheerleader. So you have been through the immense transformation of giving birth to a human and then posing for an NFL calendar. Like you've done both of those things in yeah, that order. <laughs> yes, I did. Can and you will, speak to this a little bit for me? I will. And you just you pinpointed probably the hardest part of my NFL cheerleader journey. Oh. Or just even pro dancer journey. Before I was an NFL cheerleader, I danced for a nonprofit um, company here in Denver called Dream Project and had a wonderful experience with them. It was really cool because it was a mix of pre-professional dancers like myself who wanted to go on to um, kind of like the NFL, NBA world. Okay. And then you had your post-professional dancers too headed who had done that already. And then you had every mix in between. The people nice. that this was, you know, the, the, the journey. Anyways, that I will say the first time that I really started examining my body in a way that was, I would say, just to be honest, unhealthy was when I was on Dream Project. And it wasn't because of Dream Project. It was this, you know, immense pressure to look at the flaws that you have from motherhood. Let's just, I I mean, I can tell you right now, stretch marks, holy moly, (laughs) up at night. I mean, battle scars. 
staring at the mirror, stretching them apart, pulling them together, and being so upset with myself for letting myself get stretch marks. uh, Being so upset with yourself for doing the thing that your body was built to do and the most miraculous thing that a human can do. To turn that into a toxic thing is so horrifying, but like, of course, of course it was because of the, the surrounding pressure. Yes. And then also you can leaks into the comparison game too, right? Where you're, I remember there was this gorgeous dancer. She was one of the, you know, choreographers, leaders, Cecily, just stunning human. And I remember always staring at her stomach like, you just had a baby too? Like, Uh, what? uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Exactly. That comparison game becomes toxic too. Yeah. And I will say that lasted that really unhealthy state of, you know, constantly going back and forth between starving yourself and binge eating because you're like, oh, I'm done with that audition. I can go crazy. Oh my gosh, yes. That roller coaster, that did not stop probably until I would say a few the last two, three years. Sure. Well, that's a really, really hard thing to put the brakes on. Yes, it is. It is so challenging, especially when you're used to this, like, roller coaster mentality of work really, really, really hard. Okay, I let myself go. Totally. Totally. And then at the center of all that, I mean, we can talk about all the symptoms, which is the working out, the craziness. Mm -hmm. But at the center of it is just looking at your body and knowing this is beautiful. <laughs> it is beautiful that I'm a mother. It is beautiful that I was able to, you know, create a human yeah. and then also honor the fact that I'm an athlete and work really hard to do the things that I want to do with my body. Yeah. That's, oh, it took me a long time to get there. Well, it took me a long time to even be able to say those words. I'm I'm proud of you for saying them and, and thank you for sharing them because it's um it's it's a real thing. I mean, I haven't had a baby <laughs> and I have I have been through all of the cycles of starving and binging and horribleness that um so often accompany I think I mean and and eating disorders are one thing and that's definitely something I've I've dipped my toe in as well in my adolescence and, and like years years in the dance world but um having an eating disorder is is one thing but I would venture to say that just poor mentality about um body image and poor relationships with food exist in God's got to be 95 to 99% of dancers at some point or another. Oh, I would back that statement. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a really, it's a really tough thing, but, but you did hit it on the head there that at the end of the day, that the thing is my body is beautiful and not only is it beautiful, it, it is so beautiful that people pay to come watch me move it. <laughs> like, I'm, like I'm a dancer, like the way that, you know, that, and, um, and, and fueling myself properly and taking care of myself property, coming back to service, should be in service of my ability to move and my ability to, like, execute my performance to the, you know, to the extent that it's possible instead of how good do I look in my half top, you know? I'm, like, over here waving my arms. I'm, like, so excited <laughs> yes. about that. Like, yes! That's so crazy that somebody pays to see me move my body when you put it in that way it's like whoa yeah like that, that, that you, this is an instrument how do we nobody 
Go ahead. Nobody comes to see the instruments laying down no. on the, you know, orchestra floor. No. To see the show. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, and, and, and yes, an instrument is a really good analogy. Like, uh, nobody wants, I mean... Sure, it's beautiful to see a, a beautiful picture of a violin, but like instead you're going to want to get the video of the violin being used. Yes, and I will say on that note, Instagram, total double-edged sword. Because <laughs> there's been so much toxic yes. energy that has come from Instagram. But yes. I'm going to highlight one of the good moments, and that is that I've seen, I've been exposed, being in the, you know, dance world that I chose to be in, which is a very much athletic, slender, body-type focused. Yeah. And the world of Instagram has just opened up my eyes to all these different beautiful dancers with beautiful bodies that are so vastly different from what I've seen in my dance world up until recently. It's not just your dance world, it's the dance world. Now that that we have, like, social media and technology that... Um, you know, any, anyone can be seen, anyone can, can dance if they want to, anyone can showcase that. Um, not just, not just the pretty skinny girls who get picked from, from judges. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. of course we're going to find some, some good ones, some excited, some, some ones that move us, like performers that move us and, um, do what dance is supposed to be about that have untraditional bodies. We weren't seeing them before because they weren't getting jobs. Yeah. And now it's embraced. It's, well, I can't yes. say it's embraced on all but, fronts, but we're but we're moving in the right direction. Yes, we are. Oh, oh that makes me happy. <laughs> Some of my favorite dancers that I've seen recently have been like giving me just I don't know, new breath of fresh air that you can move your body in so many different ways. Uh, this yes, is, this is kind of a dark moment in my life. I and I, you know what? I can't even say that it's fully gone. Okay, I really struggle with my love handles. That's always been like stretch marks and love handles and if anybody knows me I complain about or I've been complaining about those for years oh my gosh and I remember um my second year I remember doing these little booty pop back pop 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 things (laughs) and somebody was filming me from the front and I watched it and I thought to myself I will never be able to pop my booty on camera again I'm so embarrassed of what my back looks like my gosh isn't that right? Horrible? How did I come to that conclusion? Yeah. Because I love popping my booty. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Well, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, how how have we not taken um, like like going back to the fact that that people are paying to watch you move your body, like that should be validation that your body is beautiful. And instead, we have completely taken a one eighty and have been like, oh, that just means that the expectation, the bar is up here and I, and I have to live up to that pressure or I fail. The other side of Instagram. (laughs) The other side of Instagram. Exactly. Like, I cannot believe I look like that in that photo. I cannot believe like, you know, I mean, um, there, (laughs) there was a a theater show that I was in, um, a few years ago, uh, where I was not wearing very much on stage. (laughs) And, um, and I actually, I had my 21st birthday, like in the middle of the run of that show. Oh, and, wow. oh, it was, it was so much fun. And we had shows on the weekend. Um, but then we had like four days off during the week and the shows on the weekend again. And so like, of course, like I, I turned 21 and I was the youngest one in the cast. So it was like a big deal forever. Like, it was like, oh, like big party weekend, like Tess turned 21. Um, 
And so, you know, like by the, by the time the show rolled around, like I was like this freshly 21 year old, like super hungover, like version of Tess that was like, okay, like I gotta, I gotta put my big girl pants on and do the show now. Um, and that was the day that they took photos. <laughs> oh, God, no. that was the day that they took all of the, all of the like promotional photos or the still photos from the show it was like right after I was like binge drinking with my friends for like a couple of days and, and celebrating. Um, and so I have like the, the like puffy stomach, like alcohol bloat, um, in my little half top in all of these photos. And it's, uh, it was like torture for me. And it's, it's so upsetting. <laughs> I feel you there. We, I you. we all have those moments. And like, I think, but I think that another, another body positive movement that's going on on social media and in the world right now is, is that bodies change. Like, yes. <laughs> someday, you know, like, Broncos cheerleaders don't look like Broncos cheerleaders 24 hours a day. Like they, that's, that's not how it, you know, or like the calendar snapshot. That's not what your body looks like when you're, I don't know, sitting down or like anything else. And there's beauty in that too. Yes. There's beauty in changing and embracing these new curves that you have and the way that you're, you know, exactly like we said instruments aren't meant to just like lay on the ground <laughs> no, no. And yeah be, you know flexible with it yeah skin is supposed to move and fold and stretch and if it didn't we wouldn't be able to dance yes we'd be stiff little boards exactly <laughs> i think honestly in kind of like a bigger picture of mood change in the body i've i've embraced a little bit of you know COVID, we all, I, oh my goodness, I'm almost up like set with everybody saying the COVID-15 because oh, it makes it sound so negative. I know, I'm with you. But just like, you're, I thought of this when you're talking about your um, experience in theater and the, you know, your binge drinking, <laughs> yeah. me, was it, you have to say that it was worth it to have that incredible 21-year-old oh, party it experience. It was, it was, was the best. It was the best. I had so much fun. It was, it was such a new, yeah, I wouldn't have traded it for anything, but it was just like, are you kidding me? Like, I've been starving myself to fit in this half top, and now, now you're going to take pictures today? Like, <laughs> but that's how, that's how it goes sometimes. And, and you know what, now, now that I have done the self-work that I've so far done on, on these sort of things, um, I like to think that I'll look back at those pictures and, and, and like you said, I'm going to love them for the fact that they represent, like, the cast of the show taking me out for my 21st birthday and, and the fact that my body looks different on different days and is still worthy of of whatever I ask it to do, of performing, of, um, you know, doing a yoga practice, sitting in a bikini, whatever. That just gave me, like, the goosebumpies because I feel the same way. And it feels so amazing hearing another woman that I trust and love saying that. Yeah. That this COVID-15 that I put on that's so terribly named, but that's what I'm calling it today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was this feeling of, like, okay, looking at myself in the mirror, yeah, I'm not sure if this is what I – my favorite version of me when I see it, but it was so worth it all the incredible new baking, you know. Yeah, absolutely. The big Christmas feasts 
And honestly, the lazy nights that Travis, my fiance, and I have needed to just sit and watch movies and eat a little junk food. I say a little. (laughs) Eat all the junk food. Like, the world is on hold. Like, we are... We are doing the right thing by staying home and eating junk food right now. Like, that's how I see it. Yes, and it was worth the change. I look at myself right now, and I see a culmination of what my body and my mind and my family has needed the past few months of me as a mother and a wife and what I need. I love it. Yes. Yes. It's, it's yes. <laughs> Just, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm gonna. Yes, I know. It's, it's, and it's honestly crazy to say out loud because it's so, you get so quick when we're with other women. Um, I've been doing a lot of Fierce 45 Pilates classes. Okay. And I'm loving that. I'm loving that. <laughs> That being said, this is not a judgment against the community at all because I've not gotten this vibe in classes before at all. But I have had conversations with women after class, and it's mm-hmm. so easy to turn to that, oh, I you know, gained weight. Oh, no, you haven't. Oh, you look so great. Yeah, but I look fat. Like, yes, that and, and, conversation. Yes. And I could be just like, you know what? I actually really love the way my body looks right now because I love what it's done for me the past few months. Absolutely. Like this is the body that is baking for my daughter. This is the body that is like teaching my online classes. Like this is the body that's carrying through, carrying me through this tough situation. I mean, this tough year, it's technically 2021 now, but we're still, you know, we're still in it. We're still in it. We're still in it. Like the, and then this is the body that is getting me through that, the every day of it. And, and if I am anything but grateful for it, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Do you, do you have, um, conversations about these kind of things with your daughter yet with Jenny? That's a great question. I Tell, do. Uh, remind me how old she is. She is 11. Oh, she is in this, she's right on the cusp of when she's noticing those things yeah. about other women and her body. Oh, I remember um, 11. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's when these all start. Yeah, right? it is. Right around puberty that you're starting to compare yourselves and think about, tie your worth to how you look. Right. And there has been a huge, I wouldn't even call this a silver lining. I would call this like, a silver cloud, a whole cloud of the COVID situation. Jenny um, is really, really lucky with where she goes to school. It's an all-girls school that really focuses on their wellness. And oh, great! Um, it's incredible. I am so impressed with this middle school here in Denver. And Jenny started, or she has only been remote. Oh, and yeah, yeah. It's been remote. She has been receiving all this incredible, like, her teachers, I mean, I, I could go on for hours about them. Oh, that's they wonderful. They talk so much about meditation and self-love and what you can do to care for your body and how to resolve conflict with your for your friends. Oh. And she's getting all this information. Wow. She's not yet getting that in-person, I hate to say it, that cattiness that comes mm-hmm. in sixth grade. That's mm-hmm. kind of been eliminated with the fact that they're remote. There's really no mm-hmm. opportunity 
for them to be doing that. That is true. So, you get you get to kind of put, put because that's inevitable. That will happen, but you get to like yes. put that off a little bit longer and in that space fill it with all of these positive messages that she's that she's getting from school, which is incredible to hear. I that is absolutely what we should be teaching 11-year-old women. I know. I can't say that's happening at all school. No. We got lucky with Jenny. I love that. It's given me the opportunity too to have a lot of these conversations. I wouldn't be listening into a wellness class at school, but I can hear it through the other, you know, my office is right next to her bedroom, so I hear all of her conversations. There you go. Yeah. I could jump in and be like, ha, 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 Jenny, here's my experience with that, you know, story that you guys were talking about together. Oh. I would have never been given that opportunity if she was in school full time. That, that being said, yeah. I like, I hope somebody this like, this trickles down to future females. Yes. This opportunity to talk to mom or a trusted female friend more about this transition and your body's worth. Yeah. Oh, I I think it is incredible to know that that she's getting all of the right messages right now. And of course, that that you're advocating for that and that you're able to move through it with her and and, um, have conversations like as they come up while while she has these, while she's in school in the room next to you. Like, I think you, I love your your analogy of it's not a silver lining, it's a silver cloud. Like there's so much to be, uh, in in a roundabout way to be grateful for from from like this insane global unprecedented virus. Yeah, okay. It sounds it's insensitive, the, but like the silver cloud amongst a very dark and stormy. There you but go. That's that you just. Cloud. There you go. You perfected the analogy right there with the dark and stormy night. But but yes, I think that's that. What an incredible like blessing to have um, at this point in your daughter's life because because eleven is hard. Eleven is eleven hard. Is hard. Oh gosh, there's so many things I forgot about how hard they are. Like I mean, well, it hasn't eliminated all the cabbiness. Like some of her conversations that she has with friends, and I'm listening, not purposefully listening through the door, but it's pretty hard when you're next door. When you're right there, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, like I, I want so badly to go in there and be like, Jenny, don't do that, or Jenny, say this. Oh, uh, this is what she needs to hear. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, th- I think there. Well, there are. Yes, there are definitely certain things that we can, we can go through, and then teach others about and prevent them from going through. But there are also things that everyone just has to go through. Yes, they do. You know, yes. like middle school is that, that time. That, I mean, yeah, basically middle school. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> oh, wow. Definitely well, three years. I would never want to relive. No, no, no. <laughs> um, but it sounds like, it sounds like Jenny is set up for, uh, all of the the success and positivity that is possible to be to be gifted during a difficult time. So <laughs> you're you're doing everything you can, and it sounds like her teachers are too. So it's it's um, it's wonderful that she's as supported as she is right now. Oh, thank you. I'll pass that on to <laughs> Travis too, because you know what? As parents, it feels good sometimes to say like, okay. We're not failing at everything. You are so not. Are you kidding me? Oh my goodness. Um, she she is lucky to have you. To, well, to have both of you. But <laughs> um, all right. I guess I guess we can uh, we can wrap things up. But I do have one more question, and it's it's actually something that I ask every guest. 
Um, and I'm, I'm looking for an answer that is like a concrete, actionable thing. Um, ah, okay. Yeah. And it's, um, do, you, do you have a tip or a trick that people can use every day to feel more capable and comfortable with their daily stress? about this one <laughs> it's a it's a good question it's like what are the what are the little things that we can do for ourselves it is I know one thing that I have been doing and actually this is something I said at the very beginning when we uh just started our conversation and that is um we're coming full circle I love that yeah <laughs> <laughs> but of course I just I can't tell you how many times I've done that while while recording these things. (laughs) Uh, Um, But being honest and checking in with what you can do every day. So I said that, you know, you uh, are, I've challenged myself to do hard things and try new things. And a lot of times you don't feel capable of doing those. Once the day comes up, you have, you know, a scary call at 12 (laughs) o'clock you look at it as um I like to write this down a lot of times too like harmony and that I can do this today what's the what oh gosh now I'm all tongue-tied no you're good um and I will I will actually just point out that because I think you are referencing the conversation that we had before we started recording and that and 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 yes and it was that um that you were a little like a little nervous about this and this was something that is new for you but um but that you are recently like have committed to to trying things that are new and hard yes and just literally reminding myself of those words that this is new this is hard and this is, ooh, there's the concrete tip. Yay! So, what I have done after new and hard things these past two weeks, I can't really document the success longer than that, but, um, for example, two yet, days, yet. crazy long days that are intense, and I always feel, leave the day feeling like, oh, that was crazy, and I'm so tired and stressed. Uh-huh. I feel good right after. I know I do, but something in your brain shifts to the tiredness that says, I can't. And ah. every single time that I did something that I felt like I did really successfully, being mm-hmm. like reminding my brain, even writing it down on a piece of paper saying, I tried something new and scary and I didn't die. I love good. it. Yeah. Craziness, I didn't die. I did a lot of productivity and I felt good after what I did. Yeah. I'm tired, but I did it. And I didn't die. Yes. So it's not only like executing whatever it is that you're, that you're challenging yourself with, whatever kind of work that you're doing on yourself, but it's, it's being intentional afterwards of, Hey, look, I did this. Like, let's, let's take a moment for that. Yes. I love it. Thanks for clearing that one up. No, that's a wonderful thing. I mean, I'm, I'm in a, a deep committed relationship with my journal. Let me tell you, like, I think writing it down and, and taking a moment, it doesn't have to be writing it down, but that is definitely what works for me. But, um, taking a moment to just sit and be intentional with like, what the hell is going on before, during, and after the fact. <laughs> behavior is the ABC antecedent behavior consequence. And that consequence is what really like drives home 
was that good or bad. Was say say the A B C again. No good. <laughs> good that I did that. <laughs> Can you say say the A B C again? Ah yes. So A B C um, is kind of a behavior approach to teaching antecedent. Um, is what happens before, and then behavior. What happens could be an event, could mm-hmm. be something you do, mm-hmm. and then the consequence, which could be a natural consequence, or your brain's just you know what it takes away from the actual behavior. So, okay, I like and, that the the before, yeah. during, and after. So kind of enforcing that positive consequence. I love like, it. Oh, that, yeah. that was good. No, I like. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start journaling on on my ABC. I think that's that's a great. I did I did not know that before. Thank you for that. The little former special education teacher. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Well, Liz, I just again, I I just want to thank you for for your time and your um your presence. And I mean, you are always just. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. But you are you are such a bubbly bubbly excited person and it's a hundred percent genuine <laughs> and I know some dancers that are fake bubbly people but uh we don't we don't need to go back back to that conversation um <laughs> you you are such a genuinely like enthusiastic excited like just happy person and and you always brighten my day and and now it's being recorded so you can make other people bubbly and happy too <laughs> oh that makes me bubbly and happy <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Tess. This was an absolute joy. I love your energy, and I'm so excited for you to share that with this world. So any way that I can, you know, be a part of that, that makes me just like, yes, let's go. Let's go. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, uh, for everyone listening, thank you uh, for coming back uh, again and again. Or maybe this is the first time you've joined me. And for that, I, I appreciate you just as much. Um, thank you to my guest and to the listeners. And this episode, I have to think now, this is the, the end of January episode. So I will be seeing you on the 15th of February. Until next time. <laughs>